As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, July 24th. This is On Deck. I'm Steven Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver, who held down the fort with Caitlin McGrath last week. Levi, I appreciate you filling in the host seat. Uh, I didn't realize I was really the host, but it kind of feels like I'm the host now that you took over for me. Yeah, no, you're definitely the host. That's not me. I'm not a, I'm not a podcaster. I just, uh, I'm just a guest every week, twice a week. Today's show, we are going to talk about the Rangers, who had a really good uh, homestand, and it feels real bad. We are going to take a look at our top series for the week, and we are going to make our Homer Chase picks. I've been told that something uh, happened in the arcade. I have not been paying attention this weekend, so I'm very curious to see what happened. And then uh, Steven's going to break out the projector and share some vacation slides with us, which I just can't wait because I haven't had a nap all day. I've made it a real habit of just disappearing to the wilderness lately. You guys saw me in the woods of New Hampshire a couple weeks back. Uh, I was in northern Michigan, no cell service, no Wi-Fi. It was beautiful on a lake up there. So we had a great time. And, and the thought I had, I, I woke up late one night, and I thought, we, we don't talk nearly enough Rangers on this podcast. And so I thought, as soon as I got back, we should rectify that. I'm not even sure how you say it. I'm not sure if it's Rangers. Is it Ronyers? Ron Rangers? I don't know. I've never heard of them, but I looked some things up for today, so we'll find out. They come out of the All-Star break sweeping the Guardians, the Rays. They take one of three. They win Sunday um, against the Dodgers. Listen, this is fourth best record in baseball, best run differential in baseball, and the sky's falling. What happened? It's absolutely a disaster in Texas right now. They went 7-2. and two. Every team that they played on this homestand was in first place coming into the series Hey, you take seven and two every day, right? But Corey Seager sprained his thumb, sliding into second base. He's going to be out for a little while. Adolis Garcia was hit in the hand by a pitch. He was out of the lineup on Sunday. They are skipping Nathan Evaldi's next start because his velo has been just tanking little by little uh, over the last month. The bullpen melted down uh, and they didn't just get beaten twice by the Dodgers. They got absolutely boat raced twice by the Dodgers did pull out the series finale. They salvaged a win. Hey, seven and two against first place teams. That's great for the Rangers, but there is a lot they're going to have to overcome in the next little while. You hope that 
Garcia is going to avoid the injured list. Oh, by the way, Martin Perez has not been very good this year. He did find a way to right the ship on Sunday, stay in there for long enough to make it uh, worth Bruce Bochy's while. But he gave up a grand slam in the first inning, and he just has not been nearly the starting pitcher this year that he was last year. Andrew Heaney's been slightly better lately, but he's been pretty mid. So now you're looking at John Gray, very good. Nate Valdi, very good, but he's pitching a little bit slower every game. And then Dane Dunning, who, I mean, has outperformed expectations. You, you have to think there's some regression coming. I think they have to, and I know that this is the case for almost every single uh, contender this year. I think they need to address the rotation. I think I remember just not so long ago, you were saying Dane Dunning was almost a perfect replacement for Jacob deGrom. Uh, he really just didn't miss a beat. I think that was you who said that one. You see my, uh, that's tongue. I, my tongue was firmly planted in my cheek. Hey, Dane Dunning has been much better than I expected this year. I'm very happy for the guy. They've needed him and he's come through really big. You cannot take any of the past results away from him. I just don't think you can count on that pitcher profile to be a guy who carries the team in the second half. And they need somebody to carry at least, you know, 20% of the team. If you rewind the tapes, it was definitely me who said that and you ridiculed me. You said, don't say that. Don't besmirch the name of oh, Jake okay. I just washed my memory clean after That's every one of the these. the safest way to handle this. Delete. Um, I like how half the bullpen was in AAA a week ago. And then the, like the implosion that happened in LA was just kind of emblematic of what's going on there. It's a, it's a team that for everything that has gone so well this season, some pretty obvious things have gone poorly. Uh, the Jacob deGrom thing, you, know, you, didn't, you don't expect that to happen. And then this team to still you know, stay on its feet and uh, keep fighting the way it has. And it's a great team, but I don't know that there's one move that fixes this. I think there has to be a number of moves because you don't feel good heading into the playoffs. Even if you have John Gray and uh, Nathan Eovaldi healthy, who's your three there? Do you really feel comfortable throwing Andrew Heaney in a big game? I don't really, and not at this point. So it's a team that has sort of been, uh, I don't know, pretty star-crossed this year. And it's, it's felt like a, such a great setup for them to take down the Astros and here – you know, we turn the page here. The Astros um, are next on the list for them. And there are just no breaks. And somehow they've managed to get through this stretch at 59 and 41. And then all this happens. And it's like, is this the moment? Maybe this is the moment the uh, Astros come storming back. Yeah, it very well could be. Although the Astros have not looked super dominant or overwhelming themselves. So, you know, maybe that will make it a little easier to hold them off. But yeah, it's, I think there are probably three moves that the Rangers need to make at the bullpen. One, a starting pitcher. I think they need at least one more reliever. And then, yeah, you'd like a regular left fielder. But I think between Ezekiel Duran and Travis Jankowski, like go address the pitching first. And then if you got some extra time and, you know, can find somebody on the scrap heap for cheap, sure. Yeah, go get a left fielder. But but I, I think it's the pitching. There's no hit by pitch in the majors that I ever think like, yeah, I could wear that one pretty well, except if it's a position player. Uh, but 98 in on the knuckles. Like that, that's horrible. That just has a, it's a terrible look. And uh, I wouldn't mind if you just sat down for a month and said, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm just a little scared. I'm just a little frightened. I took, and I know we need to get to the next section, but you know, as, as we've mentioned, I've been playing Sandlot baseball. We went to the batting cages the other day. We had the L cage out. We're tossing rainbows, you know, very soft toss, soft toss to each other. And there's a pitch coming in at maybe, I don't know, 40 miles an hour. And it's going right for my elbow. And I think, this is going slow. It'll be funny to take one on the elbow and then pretend I'm upset about it. It hit me right on, not even the funny bone, right on the bone, left stitch marks on my elbow, and it 
freaking my entire elbow was like it was hard to get a full like squeeze of my biceps because my elbow hurt so freaking bad from 40. Do not ever give me 98 on the hands. I will literally die on the spot. And on that note, now that I've admitted exactly how weak I am. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It is time for our top series of the week. Stephen, what do you got? I hit my elbow on the table the other day, like the edge of the table, and I, I stood there for like five minutes. I was like, I'm going to swear if I, if I like move a muscle. And it just hurt that bad. It's just terrible. Don't, don't, don't hit me. Don't touch me. Uh, hey, I want to start with, um, I want to really feature, bring a spotlight to one of the great divisions in baseball. The division I just cannot quit, <laughs> the NL Central. It's beautiful because it's imperfect. You got two teams battling it out at the top, and man, they are trying hard. Now, neither of them can get into the black with the run differential. They're both in the red, but it's it's cute, right? Like it's it says something about the way NL Central teams fight. That on the whole, they're a losing team, but on the whole, they're a playoff team, right? You can kind of look at it however you want to look at it, but this is the way I'm gonna look at it. Third time this month, we've seen the Reds and Brewers going Brewers going at it. I can't get enough of it. Before the All Star break, Brewers win two or three. Right after the All-Star break, literally no games in between, Brewers sweep a three-game series, and so they're back at it, and this is the moment. Can the Reds actually uh, squeak something out in the month of July? The Brewers are only up a half game because the Reds, who currently hold the top uh, wildcard spot, they're just chasing like five-game losing streaks with five-game winning streaks. They're just coming off of a weekend sweep of the Diamondbacks. At this point, I was just looking this up on Fangraphs. They, they still have like a 36% chance of making the playoffs, which feels kind of light given where they currently sit in the wild card. But I think people are just a little bit frightened. Maybe the math is a little frightened. You know how those bots are that the uh, NL Central may just be so weak that they're not going to get that second, you know, not going to get that second team in. If there's one thing I have learned in the last few years, it, it's that facts care about your feelings. They always have. They've been told this online so many times. So we've talked about these teams uh, a, a bit before, so I won't I won't belabor this too much. But the Reds, I think we're gonna, we're in for a really interesting next couple of weeks. What they decide to do, Hunter Green, Nick Dolo, supposed to be back in August. Rotation needs help. They've been getting some better performances of late, but I mean, we're talking about like an Andrew Abbott led staff right now. Graham Ashcraft, Ben Lively are also probables for this weekend. Going up against Colin Ray, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. I think the key here, what I'm trying to do is squish these two teams together. Uh, where you take the Reds lineup, you take the Brewers rotation. I think you have something here. You have something that can play in October. And that might be the only real option we have to get the NL Central deep in October. But um, a couple of new names to watch. 
Christian Encarnacion Strand is up for up for the Reds. I don't know exactly where he fits here. Joey Votto's surface numbers aren't super good, uh, mostly batting average. He's always going to get on base. He has some homers. So is Encarnacion Strand going to get at first base? Can he play some third? He can kind of go all over. But that's a, certainly a name to watch. And other other side, Sal Freelich is up for the Brewers. Is at last check still batting a thousand? He was just getting hits all over the infield in his debut. And the the Brewers just went toe to toe with the Braves over the weekend. It sort of had him until the the bullpen faltered uh, late on Sunday. Christian Yelich having sort of a what like a top twenty five, top thirty season right now. Given his like statistical profile, you're not going to get thirty homers anymore, but. Um, he's having a really, really good season. This is an offense that's working without Roddy Tellez and Brian Anderson. So it feels like most of their lineup is, is like it's first year of service time. Like they do not have veterans beyond, uh, Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich. I'm probably missing one, one or two guys, but this relying on youth. And, and once again, as soon as we squish these teams together, we really got something cooking. My series, uh, this week is, uh, another team that has also been uh they've been at each other's throats lately this is not the first time that they have met july 17th through the 20th the twins and the mariners played in seattle they split that four game series two to two now they're going to take the show on the road and go to minnesota there are other more compelling series that i could have picked uh from like a standpoint of like playoff implications or you know a, a number of things but i think the twins uh deserve a little a little mention here because they now have a th- three-game lead in the absolutely dismal AL Central. Speaking of divisions that we just can't quit, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. They have a three-game win streak because they swept the White Sox, who also happen to inhabit a spot in the AL Central. Kind of the knock on the Twins all year has been the pitching's been pretty good. The hitting is not very good, but going by my old... Uh, my, so the standard that I've kind of come up with uh, this year is that if you have an OPS of over 1,000 for the last two weeks, that counts as a hot streak. You know, assuming that you've had sort of a pretty requisite number of plate appearances. The twins, Edouard Julien, who I've definitely heard of before one week ago, 1485 OPS over the last two weeks. He has 12 weighted runs created in the last two weeks. That's stupid. Kyle Farmer, 1174. Alex Kirilov has four home runs. He's got an 1128. Ryan Jeffers, that's not a hard S, uh, 1009. Even Carlos Correa, 876. So they found something. They found a groove. They're doing all right. Part of it is maybe that they were facing the White Sox, but the White Sox pitching isn't all bad either. They have some good pitchers. One uh, weak spot there in their lineup, Byron Buxton has been worth 0.4 F war over the last two weeks. He has a 364. That is officially a slump. Meanwhile, they're pitching. It's been fine so far. Last couple of weeks, you got Joe Ryan with a 689 ERA. Jorge Lopez, 831. Pablo Lopez, 759. Sunny Gray, 540. Figure it out, guys. Let's let's all show up to work at the same time and then take a couple days off. Efficiency is what we ask for. Figure that out. Um, in Seattle, I don't know, man. Seattle's just been another very disappointing team this year. They made the playoffs last year. I expected them to be much better this year. Nobody on a real hot streak. Dylan Moore's at 1289, I guess. Uh, but Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy... 946 and 856 respectively. Oh, by the way, they play the same position, so you can't really stack that on top of each other a whole lot. And they've had some pitchers that are doing really well. Paul Sewald has a zero ERA. He's struck out 18.69 batters per nine innings. That's uh, very good. That's more than two. That is means most of the time you are just going to strike the guy out. Dylan Sacedo, 169 ERA. Bryce Miller, 0. 
87. He hasn't been striking guys out, Bryce Miller. 7.89 strikeouts per nine. But they are, you know, five and five in their last 10. They're eight and a half back in the division. They're four and a half back in the wild card. I don't know that I would have said this a week ago, but I think it might be time for the Mariners to sell if that's an option. And and you know that trades are always, always an option in Seattle. So it'd be an interesting next week to see what happens there. Yeah, it feels like we're not going to get a clear answer. Like, did they sell? Did they buy? It's going to be like a, a needle threading, but like, Threading so many times is like knots tied all around it. It's uh, Trader Jerry, you know, special. It's, it's an experience. I can't remember if we talked about this on a previous episode, so I'll keep it very short. But the fact that the Angels are allegedly waiting to the last 24 to 48 hours to make a decision on trading Otani, and they've been winning lately, so it's looking like they won't. But the fact that they're waiting, that has the potential to create such chaos oh, yeah. at the trade deadline oh, yeah. because you know there are teams that are just waiting, just waiting to hear on Otani before they pull the trigger on the next thing. Either he gets traded and then everybody else has to go do all these other deals or he doesn't get traded and everybody has to pivot to these other deals. It is going to be two days of absolute madness. I'm not going to sleep. I am going to uh, overdose on coffee. I am both looking forward to it and also extremely not looking forward to it. Should be fun. Uh, I'm going to go back to the wilderness. Hey, a couple of series I want to shout out here. First off, um, you know, actually a, a legitimately great series with the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers back in first place. Blue Jays are, are continuing to try and make a run in the very crowded division. And then there's got to be a name for the type of series where you could take like public transit between the two stadiums. But we got a few of those. MLB stacked them all up in the same week. Mets, Yankees, both taxi series. Ta- the taxi series, the Uber Uber series, uh, rideshare, Mets, Yankees, rideshare, Cubs, White Sox, rideshare, Bay Area. Uh, still has two teams, Oakland and San Francisco. And producer Brian from the Bay Area trying to tell us something about it's called the Bay Bridge series. Doesn't sound right to me. And I'm sure there's no, never, yeah, heard, never of heard that. That's not. And real. I'm sure there's got to be some really good public transit between Miami and Tampa Bay. So there's your there's your carpool series. And so I wanted to shout those out. All right, let's go. Levi, you know what time it is. It's time for the On Deck Arcade, and I've been waiting 10 days to get back to this. It's time for you to fill me in on all the numbers that I was too lazy to look up. When we left off, really what took me sailing into vacation was that I finally won uh, one of our head-to-head arms race. And if you don't remember what this is, you're just catching up to us. Every weekend, I pick a guy, Levi picks a guy, we take the game score 2.0 from his start, go head-to-head against each other, and then we just tally it up. Who, who won that week? And Levi won the first eight of them. And then I finally came through and put up the biggest score of all time this year. And I got to pull it up because I'm forgetting who did it. It was Logan Webb with a 91 game score 2.0, which is the best we've had all year against Aaron Savali, who put up an 87, which is the second best. There was champagne. It was crazy. It was like an F. It's a bad beat. It was like the after an F1 race and they just spray champagne everywhere. I was, I was, I was Verstappen out here. And so the second time I've dropped F1 in the show. So here's what happened since then. I didn't feel great when Caitlin, who was filling in for me, said, I, and I quote, I still don't fully understand what I'm picking here, but I'm going to take Tyler Glass now against the Orioles. Um, not mimicking her voice. That was just her doubt. And Tyler Glass now, you picked Garrett Cole. So you guys are both going back to 
my old Pirates days covering both of those guys. Um, but you should know a little bit of background first because there's one game we didn't actually cover on the show. Uh, the weekend before, you took Zach Eflin. I took Luis Castillo, and they were horrible, both of them. Uh, but I won 46 to 29. Yeah, Eflin didn't pitch. Um, oh, wait. He did. Just oh, right okay, away. so you took his second start. Oh, I just took his second. Because I picked the start before the All-Star game, and then he didn't start. So I actually got Okay, zero. either way, it was 8-2 and two after that game. And then Glasnow goes out seven innings, six hits, three runs, two earned, zero homers, zero walks, nine strikeouts for a 70. Nice start. Garrett Cole goes out 6.1 innings, six hits, two runs, both earned, one homer, one walk, and 10 punches. Mm, I don't think I won. You end up losing by six points. And this is one of those ones where I think you stack them up side by side. Oh, baby, Steven is heating up. That's the Chiron. I think you stack these up side by side, just like happened early in the season. And, and like the common person would pick the other start. They'd probably be like, no, I'll go with Garrett Cole there. But we know that GameScore 2.0 loves it when you don't walk anybody, loves it when you don't uh, give up any homers. And there we go. It's 8-3. to three. You feel the heat. You hear footsteps. And, um, man, it's gonna, we're going to get back to it this, uh, this coming weekend. But how do you feel about that? Wow, I feel like I just blew a save, and now you're putting a microphone in my face and being like, what happened? How do you feel after blowing that save? I don't feel good, Steven. It feels bad to lose. Apparently not bad enough that I was motivated to uh, put in any extra effort this week. I literally sat down, we started recording, and I realized that I had not picked anybody yet. So I did take just a few seconds to uh, eye the screen, but there's been almost no thought put into my selection this week. Can I tell you something that's going to make you really happy? This is a this is a homer chase day. Oh dang it! All right, you think fast. I'm gonna update you on the homer chase. All right, you go first. We picked for those following along. Arms race we pick on Thursdays, so this is a homer chase day. The update on the homer chase, where we just have we pick one guy, you have a whole week with him, and you tally up all the homers he gives you. Pete Alonso for Levi had zero, no homers actually since July 6th for him. Rafi Devers at time of recording has zero for me. There are still a couple of innings left in this Sunday night baseball game. Uh, so it's still 15 to 12 for me. And the pick I'm going to make for this coming week is an easy one. I don't know about the park he's playing in, but Shohei Otani, he's been in the news. He hits a lot of a lot of homers. He's going to Detroit, which is one of the hardest places in baseball to hit a homer. Then he's going to Toronto, which is middle of the pack. But I'm counting on the Tigers to serve up a couple of meatballs for Shohei Otani, just for the fans at the very least. And uh, that's who I'm going with. I have not used my Shohei card. I'm, you know, what if he gets traded to Seattle and I have to deal with terrible park factors every time out? So I'm going to take uh, Shohei Otani right before the deadline. He's going to put on a, an absolute clinic, a show. So Levi, have you made your pick yet? I think so. I don't know how good my records are. Have I picked a Philly yet? Uh, no. All right, give me Kyle Schwarber. I don't even know who they're playing. Uh, look, I got no home runs from Pete Alonso, who was fifth in baseball in home runs this year with 26. I got no home runs from Shohei Otani, who was first in home runs with 35. Did he hit another one today, 36? I got zero combined from both of those guys. So I am, this is a protest vote, but I am still going to take Kyle Schwarber and hopefully he will help me out because I need it. I think it'll work out. You're um, in Philly, which is a great spot to be against the Orioles, and then you're at the Pirates, which um, they could be selling off parts by then. So we'll see how that works out. Hey, it's time for us to go. We're running way over time. I hope you enjoy your mornings. Thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for uh, helping us out here on the back end. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Wind Up, the Athletics Daily Baseball Newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. 
Coming up next in your feed, Starkville minus Stark. I don't know if that actually makes it. Ville. It's Ville. Doug Glanville having a conversation with Tori Lovello, the manager of the D-backs, and you're not going to want to miss that one. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 3-2-EFIS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. All right, you guys get out of here. Steven's got slides to show. Let's go.